Hi, this is Mildred Tissoni, and today we have Jean Madrid, a certified professional midwife recognized by the North American Registry of Midwives, and Linda Spiel, a renowned fabric artist who has donated a quilt for a raffle for Mark. Hi, Jean. How are you? Hi, Mildred. I'm fine. How about you? Good. Doing good. Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So, Linda has made a beautiful quilt from a donation for Mark Madrid. And so, I'd like it if you tell us about the quilt, talk about your unique process, without giving the secrets away. And, you know, just give us an idea how you're handling the raffle. Okay. Um, Well, thank you for this opportunity. Uh, Mark's an old friend, and uh, I wanted to help him out with this quilt. And this is a a queen size, uh, a form of tie-dye, and it's called ice dyeing. And um, it's... um, it's folded. It's folded um, in a certain way and twisted, and and uh, it was put into an a milk crate. And then I have um, dye, procyon dye, chemical dye um, applied um, on top, and then I put ice on top of that, and it melts. And as it melts, it blends through the whole quilt and um so it's about when it's all folded it's about 12 or 15 inches across and about three inches thick so it takes a while to bleed all the way through and melt and then it takes another 24 hours to just sit and and they call it batching or setting and um, after that you wash it out and wash it out and wash it out and then I send it to my friend, Judy Meeker, who has a project called More Than Warmth, and she's in Summertown, Tennessee, and she has quilted it. And so that's the process. It's quilted. It's got a beige uh, backing, just a plain backing, um, so you can actually put either side on your bed. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, and we will have information on how to contact you, pictures of the quilt, how to um, participate in the raffle um, on uh, various locations. So Facebook pages and websites and so that you don't have to worry about trying to figure out how you find it. Um so, Linda, did you come up with this process, or? No, I didn't. You know, I've been um, an old tie-dye uh, artist, from, you know, originally from the 60s. And I've um, done different methods off and on over the years. And um, I joined a website on Facebook, and um, everybody was talking about um, Einstein, and they were coming out with these fantastic um, uh, designs. And it's kind of the same designs we did in the old days, but 
when you do the ice uh, method, the colors are softer. They're not as intense as mm-hmm. some of the old ways. And um, and so I started experimenting with it and um, just loved it. So that's that's how I got back into this particular method. I know your work is beautiful. You've got pictures, and I've seen your pictures over the years of things you've done. Uh, Okay. So what we'd like to do now is talk about um, your caregiving. You have somewhat of a medical background just because of being a midwife. Um, Yes. But and and you've been working with Mark, um, and he has been on the liver transplant list. He's dealing with another issue right now that, um, so he's not actively on it, but still participating. Um, he's with the American Liver Foundation. I have my notes here. Um, it's a patient, he's a patient advocate for the yes, uh, right. American Liver Foundation because uh was was treated for hepatitis C and was cured of the virus in the end of 2015. And uh, so he became part of a group of other people that were also cured. And, and their, uh, their purpose is to get the word out to the public, you know, that there's support for people with hepatitis C and, uh, encourage people to be tested. Again, we have a Facebook page for that. We have a website, so we'll have all the links because he's been working National Foundation for Transplants, who is an excellent organization, and yeah. um, they've been just so helpful with fundraising and and being able to set up as a nonprofit so that you guys can accept donations. So why don't you talk about you? I think one of the things that you are an excellent caregiver and you have an excellent team to, you know, put together Mark's Care. And the title of this show and a video you just did was Living with Hope. And it shows all the different pieces of the team. So maybe you could talk about, I know you were looking at new doctors and how you go about that and, you know, how you pick some of the doctors. Well, um, this last year where there's been a lot of changes and uh, he's had new doctors uh, for new things and he's had uh, uh, we've had to pick uh, just recently a very important doctor is the uh, primary care provider. His uh, the one that he had for the last ten years, who is just great. Uh, he himself was ill and he can't continue his medical practice, so uh, he he did refer Mark and all of his patients to another doctor. But we wanted to shop around and. Uh, there were a lot of things to look for to find a new primary doctor. And the first place I looked was online. And then I asked people in the community and um, there's just, you know, there's, there's a whole lot of things that you want from a primary care provider, especially for Mark, because he has so many things that a a doctor has to uh, be able to take care of for him. 
and uh, so we just we just uh, found a new one. Uh, the first one we found didn't work out, and uh, so uh, I, I just got in the car and drove around and stopped at places and talked to the nurses and uh, you know just got out in the community and mm-hmm. uh, we we narrowed it down to. Uh, uh, one of the things that uh, I liked about this place was uh, it was a new clinic. There was a lab right there. It's not too far from home. And the uh, this doctor is in, uh, uh, he's under, uh, he has hospital privilege. Well, not hospital privileges. He's in the same uh, practice as a bunch of other doctors that are uh, under the, uh, a certain hospital. And uh, Mark has lots of records in there, and his old doctor, he had records in there. So that helped the transition right there. And uh, we ended up, we, we picked a doctor that was a little bit older. We liked his education and how many years he'd been in practice. Uh, we heard that he would take his time with uh, his, his patients. And, uh, oh, let's see, the location was good. The, Oh, the office was clean. The days that he was there was almost every day during the week. Yeah, so uh, it, it was looking really good for this this doctor. So we did get in to see him, and uh, oh, he was you know it worked out because he took his time with Mark and uh, he listened to Mark. And my job is I I have medical records because I know what they're going to want to see, and I like to consolidate stuff because there's so much stuff. The, you know, you, the doctor can go, oh, I said, well, here, I have two pages here. They're actually in big writing. He says, oh, I want to see those. <laughs> so, you know, the kind of an kind executive of a... summary, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really. Because Marcus has so many things going on with him that a, new, a doctor taking him on as a new patient is such a challenge. And, that, you know, I know what they're going to be looking for, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can just kind of get you started here, get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're not yeah. overwhelmed by him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, oh, this, this doctor, we really liked him. He, he uh, like, he was an, old, an elder gentleman and, uh, you know, very soft-spoken. And uh, I really like the fact that he realized Mark uh, has, has a lot of pain in his back and, you know, when he Helped him get on the exam table. He actually helped him get on there and mm. looked at the back of the table up, you know, so he didn't have to lay down flat. And uh-huh. then he palpated his abdomen. He, oh, his hands. I said, oh, look at those. You know, he's really had his hands palpating. And uh, says, oh, you can lift your uh, foot up here. So, you know, that would help his uh, back out. He was just very sincere. Uh, uh-huh. So, uh, oh, and also uh, there was one prescription that needed to be filled. And, oh, he had it sent right over to the pharmacy that day, uh, and uh, and he sent him down to the lab down the hall and got some lab work done. So, I mean, he was really nice. He said, "Well, I'll see you next year." You know, I said, "Well, what about if he needs to come in because he's really sick?" He says, "Oh, we'll just come on in." <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what, sweetie. Yeah, yeah, I think um, because you've got it together, there's other people when you're in the middle of something, okay, you lose your primer. You know, you get yeah. so emotional if you're the mm-hmm. caretaker and maybe you don't have as much medical background, you know. Yes. And yes. Uh, so 
you know, you're a little, some people might be a little reticent to, to do that, but it works. It, it works for you. Um, I like the fact that you went and checked out the offices and, uh, I think that's a tip where people might think, oh, I I have to go on this list and they said go here Mm -hmm. and if I don't, Mm -hmm. everything's going to get messed up. You know, I think that's, uh, a really good tip because you tell me about these things. You know, you'll you'll talk about oh well we're going here today. Oh well I'm doing this. You know, and I think it's excellent um, advice for people that you can be more active. You can. And uh, something uh, to look for in a good doctor that I that I look for is one that's a good listener. They really want to hear why you answered the question that way on that mm-hmm. form. They have a question about it. And, and if, if the doctor really gets right up in your thing and listens, you know, really, you can, you know, they're just taking it all in. That's mm-hmm. a good sign. And then mm-hmm. if the doctor starts making decisions and informs you of why they're making that decision and also has your agreement that, yes, you want to go along with that plan. That's what you mm-hmm. want. You know, you you want to be part of the the plan, part of the decision, and and mm-hmm. understand why why that doctor thinks that's a good idea. And maybe there's other options. You know, you have the right to ask the doctor. Well, what do you think if? You know, so you know you want to be partake with the doctor, and so you want a doctor. I'm looking for doctors that uh, we're comfortable with. You know, talking with. And comfortable uh, calling up and um, possibly, you know, it may not talk to the doctor, but it might talk to somebody that works in the office. And they're good listeners or, you know, they make sure that the question gets through. Yeah, Why, it's really something when the doctor calls you back and, you know, and gives you mm-hmm. some report. That, that is so impressive to me that a doctor would take the time to do that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like the, the, the one doctor I'm thinking of in particular, it's like he's just really concerned about Mark, and it's his new urologist, and that's the third urologist he's had. So he's very, um, feels really confident in this new urologist who uh, mm-hmm. he works with the team at Integris, and he also has a an oncologist. That's a brand new one, and there's a lot of big decisions to be made there and information. And uh, I, what I really liked about going there was they they gave you uh, a bag, and in the bag was a a red notebook with a pen, and they wanted you to ask the doctor questions and take notes huh. down. Yes. And I had come prepared because I looked online. What questions do ask the oncologist? <laughs> so I had them all uh-huh. little notes written down. So I, he he answered almost all of them, but there were a couple of them, and they were very important questions. So I was really glad that I was prepared, and they were willing to, you know, to yes, by all means, ask your doctor questions. So I, I felt really good about that. And it sounds like if they didn't want to answer your questions, you would have found someone else. You know, oh, because, most likely, most likely, mm-hmm. if they weren't there, or they had, you know, some an assistant working. You know, now we want to see the doctor. You know, we, if the doctor's not going to be there, there's, there's got to be a good reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I know uh, a lot of times. Um, 
Now, Mark was cured with hep C, so let's talk about that a little bit. And then I want you to talk about uh, if your insurance company says no, because you you hammer away, you get so anyway. Talk about the the Hep C a little bit, if you would. Well, let's see. Uh, Mark was at the time uh, uh, in the on the list for a liver transplant. Still, this is before the uh, liver or the cancer uh, started coming back. And uh, his uh, uh, PA, his uh, physician assistant, who, you know, we just adored her. She was so helpful. Uh, she said, well, Mark, I think you'd be a good candidate for this uh, Harvoni. And uh, because he had, he had been treated with interferon uh, a few years before, which it didn't, it didn't work. So uh, he actually took the Harvoni for, uh, well, it took a while to get it in place to actually be approved. It took several calls because uh, once the PA said, oh, you're a good candidate, I had to pick up the ball from there and, uh, you know, find out what he needed to, to be approved for the medication through his insurance because it is expensive. And uh, so, like I say, it was a matter of making a lot of calls and just pursuing it. But it worked out, and he took the medicine for uh, five months. It, it was uh, very easy to take. It was only one pill in the morning, and uh, uh, he didn't have too many side effects. So, it, you know, the, the doctors at Integris, his hepatologist, continued uh, doing his blood work on a monthly basis, and the uh, viral load from the hepatitis C kept going down, down until there was nothing there. And uh, so to be considered cured of hepatitis C from the Hovoni, uh, if you're at the viral load, if, the hepat- if there was no sign of the virus in your blood work three months post-taking the uh, medicine, then you would be considered cured. And so that's what happened. And I think that he might be the first person who got, it was cured of hepatitis C uh, by the Harvoni over here in Tulsa, because we were going uh, to Oklahoma City. It was that new back then, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's like I say, it's just a miracle drug, and uh, that's why it's so important to people go ahead and get tested, and because you know there is a cure for it if you do have it. Oh. And and I know we've posted in the past, and we'll put a whole page together for this. But you found mm-hmm. places that don't they do the testing? You found some places that do it free, even private, yes. or um, you can mm-hmm. ask for it and your yearly medical and it's covered. Yes. Uh, what is in the uh, Medicare handbook? That is one of the options you have that is covered by Medicare. Uh, to be tested for hepatitis C. That uh, I find that most people, when they go to the doctor, the doctor's not going to say, oh, here, let me test you for that. Uh, you know, but you have to ask uh, most of the time. And I even did it with my doctor, my primary, even though, you know, I'd been tested before. But I, I wanted to see how this works here, see if the insurance cover, really covers it. So I did. Mm-hmm. And when I just told her, I said, well, I want to be tested for this. You know, I'm a baby boomer. 
If you, uh-huh. you know, if you give them a reason, uh, particularly, I mean, everybody is a baby boomer now. It's on Medicare, probably. <laughs> so, and and uh, uh, for those for those of you that don't know Mark, he was in an accident in 1967, I think. Yes. Yes, yeah, 67. Right. And um, he had blood transfusions because yes. blood wasn't screened then and that's no. how uh how he got hep C but now he's cured of that so i think that's another useful thing that people don't even think they could get it right. and so it's it's something to check out what was the other thing i was going to add oh so insurance so with insurance uh-huh. You can you if they say no, you just keep going, right? Or oh, that's right. Do, yes. Uh-huh. Do, do you ask for reviews or? Um... Well, you the uh, if they refuse, it, then you uh, your there's a doctor who uh, prescribed it. Uh, they can send in a letter to your insurance, and you know they can they can request it. So it's it's it, it's a form. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he just he just got one uh, for one of the medications he takes uh, for because because Mark does have cirrhosis, and so uh, one of the things that he's continually uh, pre- preventing is encephalopathy, which is where there's uh, toxins that your filter that your liver usually filters out, and if your liver doesn't work for good, then your butt they start. You're in your body still, and and those toxins can actually cross the brain barrier, and that's what causes encephalopathy. It makes you, uh, oh, it can make you very, very fatigued, very forgetful, uh, and it get, it just gets worse and worse to the point where you could go into a coma, and if you went into a coma, mm-hmm. you could act, it could be fatal. So mm-hmm. um, that's the goal is to get rid of these toxins. And uh-huh. so he every day he takes a, this a, a medication called lactulose, and it actually it it makes you have really good bowel movements, but it's not just a uh, a, lact, uh, a laxative. It's not just a laxative. It's it's a special laxative. It has uh, uh, properties in it that collect the toxins in your body, so they take the toxins out. So you don't you don't have to deal with them through your liver. And one of the uh-huh. medications he's taking. Um, it's an actually it's an antibiotic, but it only uh, works in the intestines, and that antibiotic yeah. collects the toxins also. So with that, with the other, uh, with those two medications, that combination, they keep him uh, clear-headed uh, and you know just easier uh, easier to deal with life. You know, healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So you got to notice in the mail that one of these drugs, which it's you know it's not cheap, they're saying, oh well, uh, your your insurance your insurance is not going to cover it after January first. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we're going to we'll deal with this. We'll either find a different uh, prescription insurance, or we'll, you know, well we'll get the doctor first to send that letter in. Uh-huh. So you know, it's a little bit of work we got ahead of him. I know Mark's reaction was, oh no, you know, and it is scary. You know, oh, thinking you're going to get cut so... off is something you really need. So yeah. I told him, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of it, you know. Yep. And, you know, uh, and I think that's the 
the issue. When you're dealing with someone and until mm-hmm. you get a handle on it, the emotion in there is like, you know, yes. this isn't like, yes. oh, they don't have the color sweater I want or something. You know, mm-hmm. this is, mm-hmm. you know, life and death here, you know. Um, it is. What it I, is. I, another thing I want to just kind of talk a little bit about is how you've put the team together. Uh, you use family, but you found mm-hmm. resources, you know, that, that yes. he's. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about that. Well, he uh, is approved for home health care, and so we have a, a nurse that comes out every week and more if necessary. So uh, this nurse has known him almost as long as his primary doctor, his original primary doctor, and uh, just recently when like he he found out that the, the stage that the cancer's in, how serious it is, she was so supportive. She was so understanding that it just it just made both of us feel really good, you know. It, it didn't mm-hmm. seem so heavy because it's, it is a very, it is very heavy to, to find out when you have, you know, cancer, uh, you know, that it's that serious. So uh, she's, uh, the, and there's a couple of nurses that work from that group. So the way the nurse gets recertified to come out and see him once a week is through the primary doctor. So that mm-hmm. was another big reason we he had to have a good primary doctor. He had that because you have to have a face-to-face meeting with your primary doctor every twelve weeks to be recertified for your home health oh. nurse. <laughs> yes, and, and another part of the team, big part of the team. Oklahoma was the first state to have a program called the Advantage Program. And the Advantage Program was to provide services for people who are at home who are handicapped or elderly. Uh, they're, they're on the brink of going into a nursing home unless they receive help. So the Advantage Program would send a case manager out, and the case manager would analyze or, or find out everything you needed and see what what supplies you could get. They would send you uh, somebody that may possibly clean your home up and hang out with you a little bit, you know, just provide some, some care. And mm-hmm. uh, it was a great program. Oh, and they'd send meals out to these people, you know, and with Mark, I mean, I, I cook for him, so it's not a big deal. He doesn't yeah. get meals, you know. Yeah. But, so, but there's all these people out here. Oh, there's like I think there's six or seven thousand people in Oklahoma who are on this program. Well, oh, last wow. week, last week, they got a letter in the mail that said that the uh, people over there at the Capitol did a budget and they decided to cut the Advantage program from all these people. And they, oh, they told boy. them they could. They said, "Oh well." Um, you probably qualify for Medicaid, which means that you could go in a nursing home. <laughs> well, okay. the object, the object of the Advantage program was to to keep people out of nursing homes and keep them out of the hospital. You know, it's like better for the people mm-hmm. that need it, and it saves the state a bunch of money. <laughs> so it's it, you know it's a predicament that uh, hopefully they resolve here. Which you know I think they might. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes they like over there. 
And you know what? To them, it's a, a negotiating point, possibly. Yeah, and it is. They're this look, they're just looking at numbers. Right. And, and, you know, they think, oh, we're really going to bring it back, but let's play hardball. But the emotional uh, yes. impact, I mean, of set, what yes. do you say, 7,000 people, yes. family, yes. 7,000, yes. the ripple effect of that and the, oh, it, yes. the stress mm-hmm. is unbelievable. Um, I is. think you've also put a good, um, you have friends and family, uh, we around do. you, which is is a good, uh, you know, really yeah. helps. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're uh, a big support, the family and and friends, and caregivers. Every you know, yeah. I don't. That's how he makes it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he actually, just, Linda, he you're, lighten- you're. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say he really lightens up when friends come to visit him. You know, he really. You can see it. I can. I can see his uh, spirit lifted. Yeah, I know. I love the pictures, and we're going to post a bunch of them. Linda, you're still there, right? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, again, and we have this, We call, I call it the fundraising team. I don't know. We don't have an official, you know, team name. But it's great because you and uh, your husband, Richard, are in California. I'm in New York. Mark and Jean are in Oklahoma, you know, and we see all different friends stop by that we get to see, and we all work together on this. So it's kind of this digital, digital team. Yeah. And then, you know, Linda, you and Richard help get the word out to friends and family in California, um, and. Uh, so that's it's, right. It's Plus, we're in a huge, uh, we're in a huge online community all around the country, mm-hmm. all around the world. So, yeah. Um, having, you know, long a long time roots. You know, having lived in community together when we were young, and and that and that really gets us out all all kinds of places. Mhm. And not only us, but our kids, and uh, actually, my daughter's. Mhm. Um, Germany, she's in Hamburg, and she go. follows everything. And so, you know, uh, so it's really a support. We're lucky because not everybody has that, you know, um, uh-huh. and uh, it makes it uh, the connection. Uh, I have people up here, though, that don't know Mark, but that follow because I, uh, in New York, follow What's what we're doing, and and uh, Mark being a, a Native American, he's really the only one that I trust any news, anything he posts, I trust, you know, and um, so kind of taps into that that stream of things, you know. Um, Okay, so we have just a couple minutes. Any last-minute comments from either either of you? Uh, um, Up-and-coming things that you've got, Linda? Maybe where you're going to be next? Uh, or? I am going to be um, putting out a um, Facebook page called um, uh, "Ice Die Work," 
and I'll okay. um, and and highlighting this quilt, but it'll also show my other my other work. Um, okay. So just wanted and, to say uh, that. Oh, good. And uh, I know you're really good about events out on the West Coast. I love California, so we follow <laughs> everything out there. Um, Jean, so I think uh, you've gone over a lot for us today. We'll update with links, and we've got uh, updates on our website that we have for you and um, Mark. And uh, any last-minute comments? Well, Mark and I sincerely appreciate all that you do, you do, and Linda does, and her family. And uh, we're forever grateful to you. <laughs> Definitely. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how far this goes because it's a whole 